And, uh, and this week, we're, uh, we're going to start a brand new series here at First um, called Finding Your Way Back to God. Uh, most of you have a cell phone. You have an app on your phone that has a little map on it to help you get to places. Usually, you used to have it pull out a big old map. Some of you did that when you were growing up. Uh, or your parents did that when you were growing up. Now we have these handy little phones, and they help us to find our way back to God. But on our way to God, we experience many different troubles and different trials and different things in our lives. And um, the thing I love about, uh, about that story is... Um, we don't always get it right, yet we have a God who loves us and who is willing to give us that chance and that opportunity to come back to him and to find our way back to him. And so this, this series is really about finding our way back to God. And uh, some of you may be thinking, well, I'm already a follower of Christ, and so why would I need to find my way back to God? Well, as we go through, you'll kind of see that it isn't just for, it isn't just for people who don't know God yet, it's for all of us. And what we really begin to find out is, is this, is that All of us have a longing to be loved, and so that longing for love, um, we want to find purpose for all of our days, we want to find meaning in our pain, and those things are given to us by God, and they're specifically designed to draw us back to God. The desire and longing to be loved, the desire and longing for purpose, the desire and longing for meaning in life, all of those things are intended to bring us to God, to find our way to God in those moments. Now, many of us know what it's like to have a a longing unfulfilled. Some of you in here might have some unfulfilled longings. I know all about that. I was a Cubs fan. I am a Cubs fan. And uh, that longing was unfulfilled for several years until praise the Lord, last year, they came back and they won the World Series. We're not going to talk about this year. But that was a longing. There were Cubs fans all over the world. But, you know, when we talk about longings, we all have those longings. Some people have that longing. Maybe it's to have a child and they're not able to have a child. There, there are lots of, lots of different longings that we have. That longing maybe for companionship. That longing for... To find that, that job, that, that place where they can find purpose in, in their life. We know what it's like to end up in a place that we really didn't want to be at either. We find ourselves sometimes in places in life or sometimes places in, in family. And sometimes it might be marriage and you're 15 years down the road and you're like, is this really what marriage is all about? I thought it would be more fulfilling. I thought that job, once I got that promotion at work and got that increase in pay, I thought it would be, I thought there would just be more, uh, just more of my longings fulfilled, and, and it's not. Sometimes we find ourselves in places that we never intended to be in life, but we're there. Sometimes we find in life that we just have that, that longing and that feeling that there's got to be more than just this. There has to be more. You may have great things going on in your life, but you just know there's something more in my life. And this plays out in a lot of different ways. This plays out through movies. Uh, This can play out through uh, TV shows. This plays out in in music. Uh, I'm going to date myself a little bit this morning, but um, some of you may have heard this song when you were growing up, Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places. You too had a great song, I Still Haven't Found what I'm looking for. I still haven't, there, there's this endless search that we, we tend to be on if we place our hope, our, our, if we're looking for love, purpose, and meaning in things outside of, of God. 
I want to start off this morning talking about the longing for love. Uh, there was a gentleman named Glenn Wolf, and he holds the record in the United States for the most marriages. He's been married 29 times. Um, excuse me, his longest marriage was seven years, and his shortest marriage was 19 days. And another fun little tidbit about that is he was a Baptist minister. Um, I'm pretty sure if I had, uh, yeah, we're not going to go there. Anyway, um, he was looking for love. 29 times he was looking for love. And, and we have to kind of think about that for a second. Why, why did he continue to get married? Why after the seventh time? Why after the 14th? Why after that 28th time did he say, you know what? I just haven't found the right one. I kind of look at that story from the outside and I think, you know, there's a common denominator in this, all of these marriages. Maybe Glenn's not such a good husband. Maybe he's difficult to live with. Maybe there's something wrong with Glenn, but he kept and continued looking for love. And many of us have experienced be a broken heart. We've, we've had our heart broken. We've, we've had that love kind of taken away or we've been betrayed. Maybe even in friendships, that, that longing to have love and, and friendships and deep, meaningful relationships with others. And even though we've been betrayed and all these things have happened, we, we continue to look, we continue to long for more of those things. We want that love, we want that meaning and purpose in our lives. Every single one of us has a longing to be loved. It may be a different level for each one of us, but we all have a longing deep inside of us to be loved. The second thing we do is we, we have a longing for purpose. When you were little, if you have little kids, maybe you asked this question or, you know, uh, now it's kind of we're past that first day of school, but it used to be, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And so some kids, I'm going into third grade and when I grow up, I want to be a whatever. And usually it's something good. It's, you know, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a veterinarian. I want to be a firefighter, policeman. It's always something good that they want to be. But why? Do kids need jobs? Kids don't need jobs. Kids don't have any bills to pay. It's, there's something inside of us that longs for purpose. At that age, they're learning how to read and write and do those things. Now, I've never ever encountered a kid that says, when I grow up, I want to be a deadbeat dad. I've never seen that on anybody's thing. I've never seen, when I grow up, I want to be a robber. I want to be a murderer. When I grow up, I want to murder people. You don't see those things. Why? Because kids, they want to grow up and do something productive for the people around them. There, there's purpose, there's, there's a longing for achievement and accomplishment in their lives. It's because already at a young age, we have something inside all of us, a deep desire for purpose, for something bigger than ourselves. There's something more, there's something outside of just our little cone of, of our life. There's purpose for each one of us. We want to accomplish something. The third thing is the longing for meaning, and this one is sometimes the most difficult one, the one that creates the most doubt in each one of us. And these are some of the answers to some of those why questions that we have in life. Um, our son is in kind of that stage where you ask him something, he's like, why? And then you tell him, why? Well, you tell me, why? why? And then you've got to explain 18 different details of why that is. I don't know if your children ever went through that phase. I'm sure they did, but we go through those phases in our lives as well. Why, God, if you're so good, did this thing happen in my life? Why did I lose my job? I've been going to church. I've been, I've been doing the right things, and I lost my job. Why did that happen? We ask the what's the point of life questions. Why am I here? 
Sometimes it's just, why am I in so much pain? Why am I going through this difficult situation in my life? I, I, I can't bear it. I can't do it anymore. Why am I going through this in my life? And as we find our way back to God, we kind of had this little prop made and, and we, we experience different things along the way and we have some good things on here, some challenging things that we have on here. But ultimately, everything that happens in our life is intended to draw us and lead us back to God. Every single thing is. There's a reason why suffering in our lives, it doesn't just feel painful. It feels wrong. It feels unjust. It feels unfair. You know, sometimes we have those times in life where we're like, that's just not fair. I like what Andy Stanley says, and we've said it oftentimes, fairness ended in the Garden of Eden. There's a reason why you feel like your life, there's a reason why I feel like my life and our world aren't the way they're supposed to be. There's a reason for that. There's something that God puts inside of us that this is not right. This is injustice. You need to do something about it. There's something in each one of us. And the reality is God gave us those feelings. God gave us those feelings because he's a God that restores. He's a God who, who reconciles things back together. And so our desire, your desire, my desire to see wrongs righted and to see suffering come to an end those things are put in us by God. They're hardwired into us. If you see what's going on in Florida right now and it doesn't concern you, you don't care about it, you don't care that people are being displaced, losing their lives, if you don't care about that, there's something wrong inside of each one of us that we need to understand, we need to, to deal with. If we don't have compassion when people are going through some of the most difficult times in their life, there's something wrong with, with us. Not something wrong with, with them. These are just hardwired into every single one of us, every single person here today. And the problem isn't that we have longings or desires. All of us have longings and desires. Every single one of us has different longings and desires, and that's okay. The problem is that we, we try to fulfill these things on our own. The longings that we have, we look to other things. We look to people. We look to a career. We look to a job. We look to family. We look to our children. We look to our husband. We look to our wife to have these longings fulfilled in our life. And the problem is we, we try to satisfy these longings and answer these questions without God. And there's a drastic difference in our lives when we include God in it and when we don't include God in it. If you have your Bible, you can look at Luke chapter 15. It's where that story that we read was from this morning. But Luke chapter 15, we're going to look at verse 11. We're just going to go through 16 today. It says this. Jesus has just told two parables. Jesus is just this really great storyteller, and he's telling these stories, and oftentimes they reveal truths that we need to understand. And, and in this story, he tells us that. And so here's what it says in, in verse 11. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the youngest son got together all he had and set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the field to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. 
you look at the story of this young man and, and he, he essentially, what we understand is happening in the story, we, we understand when we get an inheritance, it's because someone has passed away. His father is still living and he essentially tells his father, I want you to be dead so I can get what's mine. Not only that, but even if the, this gentleman was to have gotten sick and maybe, uh, maybe be in the process of dying, the elder brother would organize it, and typically the younger, the younger folks would, younger brothers and sisters would help take care of their dad. And so not only did he want him dead, but he's saying, I want you dead, and I don't even want to have to take care of you in the process of you dying. And then he wanted what he thought was his, even though it wasn't time to be his. Um, and as we read this story, sometimes it's a re- we need to look at the reflection in the mirror because sometimes we're this way. We're just like him. We say the same thing when we don't get what we want, what we desire, what we think is ours, what we feel like we deserve. And so we got to go and get it for ourselves rather than allowing God and his timing to come through for us. And so this young man, he went out and he wasted all of the inheritance that he got on wild living. Now, I'm going to say something that may surprise some of you, but I want to explain it a little bit. Thinking and feeling that you, that you want something more is what you should feel. There should be a longing for love, a longing for purpose, and a longing for meaning. If you think about it from a perspective of love, um, once you get married, you still have a longing to be loved by that person. Once you experience the love of God, you want to continue to experience that love of God. There's longings put inside of each one of us. There's a longing for more out of life because God knows that longing is, is intended to bring us back to him. And if it brings us back to him, those longings can be fulfilled in him. And when they're fulfilled in him and we find those, uh, that, that, that purpose and, and love and meaning, we continue to go to him for those things where we belong to go. He didn't do that. This young man didn't do that. He went off. He said he got his inheritance and he went off and went to a distant country with wild living. Now, I don't know what wild living looked like back in the Bible times. I don't, I don't know what that looks like. When I read the story, I think of he probably moved to Vegas or Amsterdam. Um, he went and moved to Vegas or Amsterdam. He spent money. He gambled all of his money away. He slept with as many women as he could and he partied as much as he possibly could until it was all gone. That's what I imagine is happening in this story. Completely wasted all of it. His longings weren't fulfilled in, in, in women. His purpose for his life wasn't satisfied in, in partying or um, spending that money looking for that. Instead, his journey left him asking a lot of why questions. Some of the questions that we might think of as well. Why didn't things turn out the way that I thought they would? Have you ever thought that before? might be a marriage, it might be a job situation, it might be relationships. It could be a lot, a lot of different things. Why didn't things turn out the way that I thought they would, they would be? Why, they, why didn't they go the way I thought they would go? Why am I so lonely, broken, and empty? This young man went out and left everything, left everyone that he knew to a distant country where he knew no one. 
and he became lonely. Uh, loneliness uh, is, is one of the most, it's, uh, you know, if you, you've, you've experienced loneliness, you feel like there's no end to it. No one cares about you. You have no relate. Nobody, nobody wants to be around you. Nobody loves you. Nobody cares about you. And you find yourself in a corner one day just wanting somebody to love you, just wanting someone to, to be around you. Broke, he was broke. He, 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 left, he lost everything. Some of us know what it's like to be broke, don't we? <laughs> we know what it's like to maybe live from paycheck to paycheck. We know what it's like to have that need that we need, have that need or have that thing that's coming up with our kids and then our car breaks down and we have to spend $200 on our car. We know what it's like to feel some of these, these things and that's where he was too and he was empty. He thought if I got my inheritance, if I got this money and I left the place where I'm at right now, I'll find true happiness somewhere else. I'll find the, that the longings of my heart will be satisfied if I just get what I want and go where I want. Does that story sound familiar to anybody else? Have any of you experienced seeing that in your lives? Maybe that's you. Maybe that describes a family member. You know, for some of us, that describes our children. That describes our grandchildren. All of the why questions in life. And, and these all, all these questions sound very familiar. They sound, you know, some may be less dramatic or more dramatic or more or less painful. But they sound familiar. And really, it comes down to this question. And really, here's the question we all need to answer this morning is this, is... Where will you go to satisfy these God-given longings? If, if, if we really can establish that these are longings given to us by God, where are we going to go to satisfy these longings in our hearts? Oftentimes, we want to fill that up with people. That people are the ones who satisfy these longings. We think it's going to be that career or if I reach this certain, certain amount of money each year or if I just get this house with this many bedrooms and this thing. We have these, these goals that if I just get here, I'll be happy, I'll be more fulfilled and then we get to that place and we find out that it's not as fulfilling as we thought it was going to be in the first place. Will these longings draw us to God or away from God? I was reading a story a few weeks ago um, in, a, in a magazine, ESPN magazine, and it was, it was interviewing a, a, a really well-known NFL quarterback. You'd know his name if I said it. And they were interviewing him and talking to him about winning the Super Bowl. He's won one Super Bowl, so they were talking to him about winning this Super Bowl and uh, the fulfillment that came with that. And, and really, in the article, he describes, yeah, the exhilaration was great and all those things, but afterwards, it just left him, what, wanting more. He just wanted more. He, he wanted to win that next championship, and he wanted to, to cement his place in history. He, he had a longing for, for more. He has one of the highest paid contracts in the NFL, and, and he's still, no matter how much money you make, you'll always want more. No matter how great your marriage is, you'll always want more out of it. And he's found himself wanting more out of life and, and searching for that. And, and he describes meeting a pastor back in 2009. And him and, his, him and this pastor have become good friends over the years. And, and they're still good friends to this day. In fact, they watched the Super Bowl together last year. And so they're, they're good friends. They, they talk often. And um, he talked about how 
he grew up, his parents raised him in church. And as he's interacted with this pastor, he's really had a lot of those why questions and misunderstandings of maybe some of the stories that he understood. And unfortunately, it's led him to a place where he doesn't identify as being a Christian anymore. He doesn't claim to be a Christian anymore. He doesn't claim to have any faith. Now, last week we talked about this in in Sioux City. 41% of our community says they have no faith, no, no, no religious faith in their life. If you ask them what's your, what's your faith or what, what's your religion, they would say none. 41% of Sioux City is, is full of nuns. People who have no faith. That's 33,000 people that you and I live and work with every single day. 33,000 people in our community say, I have no faith. That's not even counting those that maybe claimed faith that haven't practiced faith for a while. Um, you know, those people who say, yeah, you know, Grandma Betsy, she, you know, she was a Catholic, and so, you know, I'm a Catholic. Or, you know, oh, great-grandma, you know, she grew up in the Pentecostal church, and so I'm a, I'm a Pentecostal. It's counting, uh, so there's 41% who say I have no faith, and then there's another group of people who really aren't practicing their faith. And, and I just, as I read that story, it just, I, I, I was just really discouraged by the fact that this pastor has been given an opportunity to be involved in the life of, of an extremely influential person. And rather than him drawing closer to God, now he is further away from God than he was when they began their friendship eight, nine years ago. That's not what God desires for us. That's not what God desires for the relationships we have. We should, when we meet people in our lives, we should be helping them to find their way back up to God. Now, this is where we are. This is our location, and we gotta find where God is on that map, and we might have to go through a few things. There may be some turns. There may be some things that happen in our lives along the way, but ultimately, we wanna find our way back to God. When you're going through a situation in your life, that God would help you to find your way back to God. When you need understanding in a situation, you would be able to find your way back. God is calling you. He's giving you these longings in your heart that draw you back to him. I want you to, for a few minutes, to imagine what it would be like to not have to run after love anymore. There's a book that I read and it talks about us having a love tank. Each one of us having a love tank. It's talking about marriage and it's talking about, you know, think of your gas tank. But we have this, this love tank in our lives and, and we want that to be filled by other people. We want that to be filled by our, our kids, our spouses, our friends, the relationships, the people we go to church with. We want our, our tank to be filled by other people. And what God is really intending for our lives is that we're designed for those relationships, but God's the one who wants to fill that tank up. And then when God fills that tank up, every other loving relationship you have is just icing on the cake. It's just a reflection of what God has done in your life and in my life. But imagine what it would be. Some of us, we've been looking and longing. Even think of, I mean, you can think of, even if you're in this room and you're, you may be married, you're, you're longing for love. You're longing to be loved the way that you want to be loved. And that longing is a longing that, that God wants to fulfill. Imagine what it would be like not to have to search for, for purpose or meaning in life. 
Uh, we were in Des Moines at a conference this last, these last few days, and there was a statement that was made that really stuck out to me, and I forget who, who said it, but they said this. They said, you need to remember these three days in your life. These are the three most important days in anyone's life. The day you were born, most of us can remember that. The day you were born again, and the third day is when you found out why. Purpose. Why God put you on this earth? Why did God put you on this earth during this season? Why didn't he put you, why didn't he put you on this earth back in the 1800s? Or back in the 1600s? Or back, back maybe 30 years before you were born? Why did he not do that? Because your unique purpose and calling wouldn't have been able to be played out during that day because this is the day that God has called us for. This day. There's no other day. But we don't have to long for purpose anymore. When you go to work, you can realize you work with a purpose. One of the things we get confused about is we think work is agonizing and we don't like to have to work jobs and things like that. But what we really need to understand is God created work before the fall of man. It was intended, the purpose was intended before the fall of man, there was work. And God has designed your places of work and the environments around you so that you can be on mission where you work and have a purpose. You don't have to be a pastor to have purpose in your life. You don't have to be a missionary. You don't have to be an evangelist. You don't have to be, you don't have to have those things. You don't have to have a position to have purpose. All of us have a purpose for our lives. Everyone, doesn't matter what age you're at. That meaning in life, you know, those why questions. I've asked those questions before. I'm sure you've asked those. God, why am I going through this? Why does it have to be this way? Why did this person do that to that person? I thought they liked each other. Why don't they? Why is that? You know, we ask all those why questions. And those why questions are designed to lead us back to, to God. And so we do that through prayer. We do that through communication with God. We do that through scripture. Going to the Bible and saying, hey God, here's what's going on in my life. And it may not be the exact situation you're going through, but God gives us wisdom and insight into, into meaning of life in this thing we call the Bible. One of the other best assets you have when it comes to that is mature men and women of God. Talk to other men and women who you know who have served God over the years and they've seen God one time after the next, after the next, after the next, meet their needs and God come through and pull through in their lives. Meaning we, we all want to be loved. Every one of us in this room, we want to be loved. Some of you, it's, some of you the reality is your love tank is, it's, it's full, it's, it's filled, it's, you're content with the love that you have in your life. Some... Um, but longing for more of that, even within the relationships you have. The longing for purpose. Why am I here? What's the point of my life? What's the meaning of my life? Try to figure out what that is. Allow God to, to, to speak to you and direct you and guide you and give you that purpose for your life. God has put other people around you to help you go through life. One of the things that I, I hate to hear and one of the things that I... You know, I'll talk to people and they'll, be, they'll tell me this. I've never told this to anyone before. And they, feel, they may feel comfortable telling me and that's totally fine and I'm glad that I can, I can help them in the process. But that's gotta be one of the loneliest places. People who are holding secrets or holding on to things for, for five, 10, 15 years, they're holding on to it. I've never told anyone about this before. God has put people around you that you can talk to and they can help you along your journey.
And then we begin to see what it's like to have our longings fulfilled. Imagine what it would be like if your love tank was 100% filled by God all the time. Imagine if you knew what God's purpose was for your life. And imagine if you had questions or doubts or concerns about life or, or why things have turned out the way they are. You had a God you could go to and he, and, and he would reveal why those things have happened. What would it be like to have our longings fulfilled? And then as those things are fulfilled, it draws us back and draws us back and draws us back to God. God is the, the result of those things. This morning, as we... As we wind down, I just want to encourage each one of you. These are things that take prayer. These are things that take, take time and, and energy and putting into relationships and, and, and putting into our fellowship with God. I know that that takes time and energy to do. As a church body, we want to help each other live out the will of God for our lives. We want to see other people live out the purpose There's nothing greater I can do for you as a pastor than to help you discover or see or empower you to live out the purpose that God has for your life. To see those longings fulfilled in you. The greatest longing that you'll ever have is the longing that this prodigal son had, which was he thought that if he got things stacked his way, if he got the money he wanted and if he could go to the place he wanted, that life would just be better. The grass is greener on the other side. And he just thought, if I could just go there, everything will be better. And uh, he found out what most of us have found out when we've tried that path before, that it isn't really fulfilling, that it leaves us wanting more, that we, we really don't get what we're looking for out of it. And so if you're here this morning and maybe, maybe you've been searching and looking for love or purpose or meaning in things, you've been looking for them outside of God this morning. God's given you those longings to lead you to him and God's wanting to bring you back to him this morning and welcome you home into the family of God. For some of you, you've never put your faith in God. You've never become a follower of Christ. And this morning is your morning. September 10th, 2017 is your morning to come. And this is gonna be a mark on your calendar of I'm gonna follow God. This is my day. I want you to stand with me as we close this morning. I, uh, I mentioned it earlier, but remember the day, remember three important days, the day you were born, the day you were born again, and the day you figured out why. This morning, I, I want to just give everyone an opportunity, if you're here, to, to know